Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. My name is Jenny. I am the campus pastor here at Fern Park, and it is my privilege to be able to pastor this campus. I love you guys so much. I love walking. Thank you. I love getting to see God do amazing things in your life, and I've been at Journey Journey Church over six years now, so it's been really cool to be able to walk through life with some of you guys, and and some of you I do not know yet, and I cannot wait to get to meet you, and my seasons really right now are just a ton of transitions, and so it's been absolutely amazing. I just got married, (laughs) so there's that. So there's that, Um, and it's been absolutely amazing. I've moved into a new home, and I now live with my husband, and I have four daughters. We actually have a picture. Let me show this picture. There's me, and this is my wedding day. Isn't that cute? So let me me share with you who everybody is. On the far left, we have Josephine, and she is eight, and then we have Abigail, our little flower girl, who's five, Uh, myself and my husband, Ramsey. Ain't he cute? And then uh, my daughter, Eloise, she's 10. And then on the far right is Penelope. She is 12. Another transition happening right now is Penelope. She's about to turn 12. And she's also, she's in JYE now. So she's right here. Incredibly embarrassed. I'm so sorry. You're amazing, Penelope. So let the world know. Um, She's also going to be going into middle school. I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, She's going into middle school. And then my youngest, Abigail, she's going into kindergarten. Yes, I know. So just so many shifts happening, so many changes. All of them absolutely amazing, and God has been blessing me. And you know what? A lot of these changes that are happening are things that I've prayed for. And it's amazing to see God work out in my life, and it's amazing to see what he's doing. But whenever these external shifts happen, these things around me, and things that happen maybe in your life, I think we have the external shifts, and then we also have the shifts that come up here. Because what happens when we experience those external shifts is it kind of brings a lot of stuff up to the surface. And that's what happens. That's what happens when we go through changes is things are brought up to the surface. And sometimes we have to deal with those things and sometimes we just don't deal with those things, right? So you have a choice. You have a choice if you wanna deal with some of the stuff that you're going through or you could just stuff it down. But today our goal is to really talk about how to deal with those things, how to work through the process of not just the external shifts, but the shifts that happen up here. So maybe it's you've changed jobs or your relationship status has changed or your kids are growing up and you cannot handle it. (laughs) And that may be the way you're experiencing, but we're going to talk about today is the things that are happening up here. Really the old thinking. So getting ourselves to the new process, the new way of thinking. And so for you, that may look like something, maybe you've experienced addiction before. And now in this new season, you're not experiencing addiction any, anymore, but what you do experience is you don't trust people. And you know it's the residual effects of the addiction that you had. Maybe you've gone through abuse and that's over now, but you have a really hard time putting up good boundaries with people. Maybe you have a failed relationship and you have a hard time giving your heart to someone fully. Maybe you've experienced trauma and now you have a distorted self-image. You talk to yourself negatively and you don't understand why you do it, but you just can't seem to shake it. 
Or maybe you're somebody that experiences anxiety and it feels like everything you're doing is just operating out of fear. If you've experienced any of these things today, then this message is for you. And if we go through this kind of stuff, if we feel like we're in a cycle, if we feel like we're stuck, that's when we know it's time to shift. And there can be a lot of stress if we don't allow ourselves to go through the shift. And that's what happens when we don't go through healing, when we don't accept the time that it is to heal. We just experience the, the stress, the shift. Now, if we don't allow it to happen, we'll stay stuck. But eventually, just like a pressure cooker, right? It's going to explode if you don't release some pressure. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, I do have this caveat that I think is really important, which is this is not going to be something that happens immediately. This is a process. We go through the process. It's sanctification. Now, if I did have a superpower, it would be that. To just like be like, boom, you're healed. Or maybe I'd do it like Spider-Man. You're healed. Like that, okay? But it does not work that way. That's not how God works. We have to go through the process of healing. We have to go through the shifts that happens in our minds. And so that brings me to the title of my message today, which is Surrender to the Shift. We're going to talk about surrendering to the shift. So let's pray first before we get into the word. Father God, I ask that you would just, all over this room, open up every single heart to receive the word that you have for them today. God, would you let the words that come from my mouth be directed from the Holy Spirit so that they be words that would penetrate people's hearts so they can experience you and ultimately so that they can experience the healing, the freedom, and the chain-breaking life that you have for them, Lord Jesus. We thank you in advance for the testimonies and the things that we're going to be able to claim that we witnessed because of you, Jesus. It's in your name that we pray. Amen and amen. All right. So we're going to be looking at the book of Ephesians today. Now, Ephesians is written by a guy named Paul, and he's writing this book. It's actually a letter to the churches in a place called Ephesus. And when he's writing this letter to the churches, he's essentially saying, you know, like, hey, guys, I'm praying for you. I'm here for you. I believe in you. But also, like, here's how you do this. Here's how you walk through this process of being a Christian. And here's how you walk through healing. And so we're going to look at just a couple verses of what Paul has to say in Ephesians. So we're going to go Ephesians 4, 21 through 24. If we could go ahead and put that up on the screen, that would be amazing. Perfect. And it says, starting at verse 21, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on a new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So in true righteousness and holiness. This is what God has for us. I think this is a perfect blueprint of how we walk out this healing process. It's a biblical blueprint of how we walk out this healing process. Now, I have this board over here I'm going to be writing on here today. I want so desperately to call it a whiteboard, but as you can tell, it is black, so it is a blackboard. So I'm going to be writing a few things on here. The, the reason I'm telling you this is because I want you to take notes. So if you have a notebook, if you have a journal, write those things down. If you have an iPhone, pull up your notes app, just jot it on there. I'm only going to do a few points. If you have an Android phone, what do Android phones have? Do they have anything? If you have an Android phone, no, nobody knows? Okay, if you have an Android phone, text it to your neighbor. 
okay? Help you and help your neighbor, okay? But the reason why I want you to write this down, like I said, I'm gonna write three points on here and each point's gonna have a question that you can ask yourself. The reason why I want you to do this is because you may be in this room today and you may not be ready to walk through this process and that's okay. But when you are ready, I want you to have the tools, okay? So everybody in this room, I want you to write this down. Some of this is gonna get deep, some of this is gonna get heavy. It may for you. And if it does, that's okay. We have an amazing prayer team that loves to pray for people. That is their thing, that is their jam, and they're out at the prayer tent. So if you need prayer after this, just head on out to them, okay? You guys ready to get into my points? All right, let's do it, let's do it. Okay, so we're gonna go uh, verse by verse through this, and each one of my points will have a verse with them. So we're gonna start at verse 22, okay? And it says, to put off your old self, everybody say old self. I'm not saying that you're necessarily old. This is the former way, see? Former manner, all right? To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desire. So your old self means the way that you used to live. And it may be because of choices of your own, but it may also be because of choices that other people have made. Remember those examples that I gave in the beginning. Maybe you've experienced addiction, maybe you bad relationships and things like that. Maybe things are something that you have done, but also these can be things that other people have done to you, like if you've experienced abuse or some trauma, all right? And when we look at that verse, it says deceitful desires, corrupt through deceit. And that means that's not truthful. It's not biblical. It's misleading. And so what that means is it's something that can hurt you or it can hurt other people. If we stay stuck and don't go in the process of healing, what happens is people get hurt, either you or someone else. And I think that's why Paul is telling us this is so important for us to go through this process, to go through this shift in our minds so that we can experience what God has for us. So in order to put off our old self, we have to know what it is that we're supposed to remove, right? So we have to look first there of what is it that we're supposed to remove. And so this leads me to my first point for you guys. Number one thing that we have to do is we have to reflect. Everybody say reflect. So in order to put off our old self, we have to reflect onto our old self. What are the former things that we have done in the past? What are the behaviors and things that we did before that we need to take off? All right, the best way to know is negative behaviors or negative consequences. If the things that you're doing have residual effects that are not good for you or not good for the people around you, that's when you know it's something that needs to shift. The only way you can recognize if there's something that needs to shift is actually to take the time and reflect on your life. Because how many know if we just keep going, then we're not gonna have any time to stop and actually heal or go through the process? Like right now in this world, I feel like there's actually a shift happening where it used to be like hustle, team no sleep, and now people are like, team take a nap, right? The reason why is because it's good and healthy for us. We need to rest. We need to take the time and reflect to what is happening in our lives. And so the best way to know if it's time to shift is if it's something that you're aware of. So when you reflect on your life and you think about the things that you've been through and the behaviors that you have, or maybe the mindset that you have, then you know it's time to shift. All right, there's been a lot of times where um, 
I've been up here on this stage, I've shared very personal things before. If you've come to Journey for a long time, you've probably heard a lot of my testimony. Uh, is it okay if I get really personal again and, and slightly embarrassing? I'm very ashamed of this, guys. Okay, you have to promise you'll still love me afterwards. Do we promise? Okay, okay. When I was in high school, <clears throat> I used to wear those really inappropriate low-rise jeans. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. Like so inappropriate. I have pictures, but I ain't showing any of them. You will not be seeing a picture of those jeans. And I don't know why. Actually, I feel a little bit upset at my family and my friends because nobody said anything to me. They just let me walk around like looking like a hot mess. I was a disaster, you guys. And I hate looking back at those pictures because I hate the way I looked. And I think what stresses me out even more when I look at those pictures is because that did not serve anyone. Because I, I know it didn't serve me because all it did was attract the wrong people. That is the only thing that it did. But as I got older, I realized the negative side effects of one of my actions, right? And so I changed the behavior, okay? I took off those silly, really low... Guys, it was so bad. I have like a permanent indentation <laughs> right here. I'm not even kidding. Where are all my 30 to 40-year-old women who wore those? Go ahead. This is a safe space. We can admit it. Yeah. All right, ladies, this is our new model. You can put it on threads if you want. The higher the waistline, the closer to heaven. Okay? We're raising our standards like we're raising our waistline. Okay, that's the last one, I promise. But you can, you can, you can put that on threads if you want. Okay? No one's free. But listen, the repeated negative outcomes, like me in those jeans, the negative people that brought, that brought into my life, the repeated negative outcomes, the same mistakes, the same struggles, the circle, the cycle that you're going through, that's how you know it's time to stop, reflect on what's happening so that you can go to the next level. Maybe for you, it's every time you get into a relationship, you overshare and then they run. Maybe for you, you never speak up for yourself and you're constantly getting in situations where people take advantage of you. It's time to reflect, it's time to shift. Maybe you're afraid that you're going to make the wrong decision. Maybe you're so afraid that you're going to make the wrong decisions in life that you're staying at a job that God has called you to move out of, but you will not do it because you're so afraid of making the wrong move. It's time to shift. And if you're aware of these things, that's how you know. That's how you know it's time to make the shift. So if you're feeling like you lack purpose, if you feel like life isn't fulfilling, if you feel like you're going in circles, then something might be out of season like them jeans. And it's time to shift. Also, can we just talk for a second, all my young people? Don't bring them back. <laughs> like for real, on behalf of all of us. Don't do it, don't do it. All right, so what got you here is not the thing that's gonna get you there. What served you then is not going to serve you now. Now, I also wanna tell you this. When you experience the awareness of a shift that needs to take place, what the enemy is gonna do is try to make you feel shame and guilt for what you're experiencing, okay? That's what he does. But when you experience the awareness of it, that's a good thing. That's a good thing, because that means it's time to, for you to be able to be aware of it so that you can heal. So don't listen to the enemy's lies when he tells you to be shameful of what you've experienced. It's time to walk into your purpose and to walk into your healing. What God has for you. 
Not what the enemy wants to lie to you. The enemy has deceitful desires for you. God has healing for you. All right? Same reason I don't wear them jeans anymore. They don't fit. Whatever you're dealing with in life right now, it doesn't fit no more. It's time to move on. It's time to move on. All right. So the question we need to ask ourselves as we reflect so that we can understand where we're at and where we're going is what got me here? What got me here? What are the things in life? What was I thinking in my head? What did I experience to get me to this place? All right, let's go on to my second point. We're going to go on to Ephesians verse 4:23. Put it on the screen. There we go. It says, "And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds." Everybody says, "In the spirit of your minds." Go ahead and say that. Spirit of your mind. Okay, so if you're like me, you're like, "What the heck does that even mean?" <laughs> I really struggled when I got this verse because I didn't understand it. I, I kind of got the rest of it, but this one here, it took me a long time. I really had to sit in the presence of God to ask him like, okay, you're gonna have to make this so that I can explain it well to people. And what I really needed was my second point. What I needed to understand was help. <laughs> that's what I needed. And I think that this, that's what this verse is telling us. We can't do it alone, and here's why. As I dug down deep into this verse, I feel like God was showing me a few things, okay? But let me show you, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example of something that happened recently. So my daughter, Abby, the really cute one, who is five, she's my favorite. Just kidding, Penelope. Also, spoiler alert, I tell all my children they're my favorites. If you're a parent and you want to use that, you can. I just tell them all that they're my favorite, so it keeps them on their toes, okay? Penelope, you're my favorite. Don't tell your sisters. So my five-year-old, she comes home from daycare, and I don't know if anybody else's kids' daycare have this, but she came home from daycare and she had a pink piece of paper. And what that means is that somebody got hurt somebody, or somebody got hit, okay? And so she's come home with those before and normally it's like a little scratch on her knee. It's never really anything that serious. But this day, it was. So I'm reading the paper and come to find out, you guys are not going to believe this, but that sweet little precious angel hit someone. And I was like, no way, not my child. So I talked to her and I asked her what happened. And she said the boy's name, who I shall not name. She said his name and said that he hit her or that he took her toy and she hit him for taking the toy. So then I had to walk her through the process. And I'm like, baby girl, you cannot hit people when they take your toy. What I want you to do is I want you to stop I want you to breathe, count to five, and then go tell a teacher. I don't I have no clue if she heard me because she's five and she's like, okay, mommy, and then like ran to go play with her toys. And so a few weeks later, um, we're sitting at the dinner table and I ask, my, I ask my daughters this question often at the dinner table. I say, did anybody have any big emotions? And so this is, this is a great thing for you to do if you're a parent. It is amazing. When you ask your children, did you have any big emotions today? You will be amazed at the things that they share with you. They open up and share what's going on in their lives. And it just is a great conversation. I want to know what's going on with them. So ask your kids that. So anyways, I asked, does anybody have any big emotions today? And Abby was so excited to respond. She shared with me and she said, so-and-so took my toy today at school. And I said, what did you do? And she said, in my mind, I hit him. <laughs> like, okay, it's a start. It's a start. But how 
beautiful is that? Abby did not have the resources or understand what she was supposed to do in that situation. She needed help. And so I was able to coach her and tell her what she could do to walk through that situation. And so when we're going through this process of renewing our minds, the renewing the spirit of our minds, we need help. We cannot do it on our own. I think that's why God gave us this thing, this blueprint to guide us through what we're supposed to do, because how else are we going to know? We need practical things to help us understand how to go to the next level. Now, this is an ongoing process. I've said that a couple of times now. This is an ongoing process, the internal shift that's happening. This is sanctification, what's happening when we go through this healing process. And so essentially, what does it mean? It means when we change our thinking, when we change our character, when we change our heart, our actions change along with it, right? So in that moment, that may have been the first time that Abby, you know, didn't strike back. But the more that she experiences stuff like that, and the more that she exercises that muscle of restraining herself, the better she gets at it. And the same goes for us. You may be struggling through some stuff, but if you start to work on it, it may seem hard in the beginning, but it's going to get easier, I promise. I promise. You just have to start walking through that process. Now, as I was studying this verse, I feel like God revealed two things to me. And so I'm going to share these two things with you guys. If you'll put that verse 23 back up real quick for me. Um, again, what got me is spirit of our minds. And so the two things that I feel like God revealed to me was, first of all, what is spirit of your mind? If, he, if Paul was talking about somebody's mind, why didn't he just say mind? Why does it say spirit of your mind? And I think one of the reasons why it says that is because it means like our innermost self. Not just your mind, but the spirit of your mind. Not just like the front where we are aware of what we're thinking, but all the way in the back, that subconscious, where we do stuff that we don't even realize what we do. That's what he's calling us to renew. To really get down into what is happening in our lives, in our minds, and why react, why we react the way that we do. And the second part is, I actually, when I was studying this, I was studying a couple different versions of the Bible. And the NIV says it like this. It says, let the Spirit... Let the Spirit renew your thoughts. And I couldn't help but think that's got to be the Holy Spirit. It's got to be the Holy Spirit. In John 14, it actually refers to the Holy Spirit as the helper. And I think Abby is the perfect picture of that. How many know that sometimes the Holy Spirit checks us like that? Where we're in a moment where our anger is rising, but it's like, I'm just going to hit him in my mind. <laughs> right? I'm not actually going to act on this. And sometimes that's the Holy Spirit checking us so that we can operate in the way that God wants us to operate. And so when we're thinking about help, the question that we have to ask ourselves really is how? How do I need help? How do I need help? What does this look like for me in this season of life? Do I need practical things like the innermost self or do I need spiritual things like the presence of God? So let me give you some of both of those. So practical things, one of the things you can do is journaling. I love journaling. Where are my journalers at? Who journals? Yeah. See, journaling, people are like, 
and you should see all the colored pencils that I have. Yep, yes girl, I love it. People who journal love to journal, and I love to journal. I wanna encourage you to do so because there's something so amazing about getting it out onto paper and writing it down. It's a beautiful form of releasing it. And in the process of journaling, you can reflect and you get help. And the way that you get help is I believe the Holy Spirit's there as you're revealing these things and you start to understand why you operate the way that you do. So journaling, and listen, when it comes to, if anybody's cringing when I say journaling, it doesn't have to be like, dear diary, okay? It doesn't have to be like that. You can make it work however you, that's the beautiful part of healing, like do you. Make it work for you. Maybe for you, journaling is writing out your prayers. And sometimes one of the things I love to do in journaling, I'll set a timer for three minutes and then I'll just write as much as I can until that timer goes off. And sometimes things will come out of me and be like, ooh, I didn't even realize I was dealing with that right now. And sometimes I'm writing and I'm like, I don't know why I keep doing this to myself. I hate writing like this and my wrist hurts, right? So whatever works for you. Maybe for you, it's opening up a notebook and just writing down some curse words to get it out. Make it work for you. Talk to a pastor, talk to a friend, practically. Get in a small group, talk to people in your small groups. If you're in this room and have experienced some form of healing or a revealing of something in your past and grown from it, can you make some noise real quick? Yeah. Get in a small group and share what you're going through in your small group. I know some of the best healing and some of the coolest things that I've seen happen in my life have happened in small groups. Get in therapy, get a counselor, get a good counselor. Talk to them, they can talk you through your process. Did I mention journaling? That's a really good one. And then also writing letters. Not necessarily writing letters and sending them, but write a letter. Like if you've ever been through abuse or if you've ever walked through trauma, Write a letter to yourself at the age that you experienced. What would you say to her? What would you say to him? I bet you you would have some beautiful things that that younger you needs to hear. Journaling, writing out a letter. And then spiritually, pray. Get in his presence, talk to God. Tell him about what you're experiencing. Ask him to reveal the things that you're reflecting on. Ask him to reveal how you need help. Ask him for his help. Ask him to show up for you. I actually recently heard somebody ask the question or they were, they were curious. They felt like their prayer life was really mundane. Like it was the same thing every day. And I, somebody in this room is probably experiencing that, maybe even right now, where it's like I do the same thing and it's just starting to get boring. Like I just want some life. And some of the things that you can do is change up the music you listen to, buy a new devotional, get some new of your fancy pens so that it's colorful. You know, do any of those things. But I think the most important thing to do is to tell God exactly how you feel. Get real with him. Get in your prayer time and be like, God, this is boring. I'm serious. Tell him, because he already knows. He already knows what you're experiencing. He already knows what you feel. Talk to him about it. God, this feels boring. This feels like I'm doing the same thing. I feel like I'm asking you the same thing every time I come to this room to pray. I need a shift. I need you to show me. What am I supposed to be working on? Healthy relationships have good communication. If you're not telling somebody that you're in a relationship with what's really going on with you, it's not a healthy space. Your relationship with God is no different. Tell him where you're really at. And if you're stressed out, or maybe even if you're mad at him, tell him that. He can handle it. He created all of this. He's got you. He can handle it. 
Romans 12.2 actually tells us, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So if you want that transformation, if you want that change, we have to be open to this process. We have to be open to our thoughts changing, to our beliefs changing, to our perspectives changing. But the beautiful part of this is you have a God that wants to desperately help you through it. He wants to spend time with you. The creator of the universe wants to spend one-on-one time with you and know all of your thoughts, everything that you're struggling through. He wants to be with you. Let's go on to my third point, and we'll go to verse 24 as we talk about it. So in verse 24 says, And to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God, in true righteousness and holiness. So to put on your new self. Everybody say new self. So when we experience something new, what does that mean? It's something that we've never experienced for because it's new. So the thing that we need to do here is we need to, this is getting harder as I squat here, okay, explore. We need to explore what this new stuff is. And sometimes when we, can explore, when we explore, it can really be uncomfortable. So my honeymoon, I went to Jamaica. Yeah, it was amazing. Raise your hand if you've been to Jamaica before. Okay, this side of the room is like well-traveled over here. Does anybody over here know how to say what's up in Jamaica? How do you say it? Wagwan, hey, there you go. So now you all know that's how you say what's up in Jamaica. But when I was in Jamaica, we got to get out of, we went to an all-inclusive, it was absolutely amazing, and we got to get out and tour the, uh, just tour around some of the, the towns, and when we did so, the tour guide just like took us in like this taxi-looking thing. Have you guys driven around in Jamaica? Raise your hand if you've actually driven in Jamaica. Okay, so he'll know what I'm talking about. So when you're driving in Jamaica, first of all, they drive on the other side of the road. Um, and then also, there's no speed limit. I saw speed limits posted, but ain't nobody listening to them. It was terrifying. I'm not even, it was like, there's potholes everywhere. And so they're going like 60 miles an hour and then a pothole and they slow down to like 20 miles an hour out of nowhere. There's parts where only one car can go through, but nobody's slowing down. They just honk on their horn to let the other person know that they're coming. I prayed for my salvation more in that two hour drive than I think I have in my entire life. It was terrifying. But the crazy part about that was, is everybody else that was driving around Jamaica, the, the taxi driver, all the other people, people, they weren't scared. They've been here before. I was terrified because I've never been here before. So don't be looking at all the people around you in their healing process and thinking, why aren't they freaking out? They should be freaking out too. Why, why are they healing? Why are they at the spot that they're at? It's your walk. It's your process. You have to explore it for you. It's going to look dark. It's going to be uncomfortable. You're going to be scared. But I promise you, if you keep walking towards what God has for you, you will experience the healing. We have to explore. And the challenging part about exploring is there's no clear destination. Yeah, healing, yeah, restoration, that's the stuff that we want, but there's no clear like pinpoint in it because my healing looks different than yours. What works for me is not gonna work for you. We all have our own journey that we're on. So we have to figure out what it is. What is the new self for me? What is the new thing that I have to put on? What works for me may not work for you. 
So the question that you have to ask yourself is, to understand what you're exploring is, what do I want? What do I want? Really parking there. You don't know what process to heal through if you don't know what you want. What is it that you want? Do you want to be whole? Do you want to be healthy? Do you want to be in a healthy relationship? Do you want to love yourself? Do you want to be a woman of God that does not fall into every single temptation that crosses her path any longer? Do you want to be a man of God that doesn't succumb to your lack of patience and your anger, but is able to walk and talk through things in a healthy way? What is it that you want? And then that, and is at that space where you'll know how you can walk in to your new self. And if you don't know what you want, if you don't know what's right, if you're even confused at this, that's where the blueprint comes in. Get into the Word. It tells us what we can do or what it is that we need to do. Just these verses here that I've shared, right after that in verse 25, Paul goes on and on telling us how we should live our lives. He says, speak to one another in truth. Be angry and do not sin. Do honest work. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths. Be kind to one another. Be tender-hearted. Steer clear of sexual immorality. Let no fil filthiness or foolish talk come from your mouths. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Make the best use of your time. Do not be foolish. And it goes on and on. So if you're curious of what the right thing to do is, he tells us, get in the word. Get in God's presence. Ask him for help as you reflect on what he has for you. Ask, what do I want for myself? Now, Paul's letter to the church is really letters to us. They're letters to us on how we can shift. And as you explore this, I think the most important piece is to go easy on yourself. You're in uncharted waters. You're experiencing things you've never experienced before. So give yourself grace. And pat yourself on the back for even being willing to walk into this because this is the hard work of healing. I'm sure you've heard people say before, like healing is hard work, counseling is hard work, going through this process is hard work. It is. These are the moments that are gonna get messy. These are the moments where your eyes are probably gonna be filled with tears more often than you want. But this is the way to the healing. This pain has a process and it's that where you'll find your purpose. So we read through all of those verses one by one, but I wanna go back actually to the first one. We just skimmed over it. We didn't park there. So let's park on the last one, Ephesians 4.21. It says, assuming that you've heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. The truth is in Jesus. To get to where you want to go, you have to surrender. And surrender means giving up control. So what does it look like to give up control? To give up control of what you think it's supposed to look like. Let me ask this question. Raise your hand if you in this room have a life that looks like what you thought it was gonna look like. Yeah, no hands are raised. To surrender to the shift, we have to surrender to the fact that life is not going to look like what we assume it's gonna look like. We have to allow God to be God and walk through this process with him. 
we get to have Jesus. We have Jesus, which is the truth. Now, when you go through this process, it's gonna feel uncomfortable. Being in that car in Jamaica was extremely uncomfortable, but it's through that process that you get to experience healing. I even think about my life right now. I used to be in an abusive marriage and it took a lot of walking through some uncomfortable stuff to get to where I'm at today. And to be honest with you, there's stuff even now that's uncomfortable. When they put my name up on the screen, my name is different now. I'm Jenny Boss Gobriel. It's different. That, looking at that, that's uncomfortable. But what's beautiful is that uncomfortableness is me walking out a healing and a healthy relationship. And that's the same thing that I want for you. It may be uncomfortable to walk into that wholeness and to walk into the healing that God has for you, but do not give up. Keep going through that process. Do the hard work. Cry the tears. Stand in the mess. Because it's through that that you will be able to surrender to the shift. To give up your life for what God has for you. Now, when Paul writes letters to us, one of the things that he says to us is that you will have troubles. Note he said, you will, <laughs> not you may. You will have troubles. This is what life as a human is like. We will have troubles. We will struggle through things, but we also have a Jesus who will walk us through the entire process. Now with that verse up on the screen, again, it says, assuming that you've heard about him. Assuming that you've heard about him. Can I teach you guys real quick about Jesus? Jesus is the son of God. He came to this earth as a man and he did that to die for your sins. He got up on a cross and he was killed. And as he was killed, he pardoned every single thing that you have ever done. He took the place of every mistake, every deceitful thing, every lie you've ever told, every mistake you've ever made, he took your place. And he did that for you. He came down to this earth to experience a death like that for you. And it doesn't matter what you have done, he did it for you. Paul, this guy we're talking about, Paul used to be a murderer. He did it for Paul. It does not matter what you've done. And you may think, you know what, I'm still going through it. I don't think I'm ready to experience this Jesus guy. I don't know if I'm ready to really give my life to him. And I want to be here to tell you right now, you are. Because you don't have to do anything to be ready. You have to be real with yourself where you're at right now. That's all. Which is, you need Jesus. And so with every head bowed, every eye closed in this place, what I want to do is I want to give you the opportunity to accept Jesus into your life, to walk this out with him. And the reason I feel like this is so important is because doing this alone is so much harder. You have a God who has sent the Holy Spirit as your helper that wants to see you walk in freedom and healing. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to count to three. And if that's you in this place today who wants to start a relationship with Jesus, you're tired of doing it on your own and you're ready to do it with him, just give Jesus a try. I want you to raise up your right hand just to say, Jesus, I want to give you a try. I'm going to accept you into my life today. Now, when you raise up your hand, nothing magical happens. It's just for you to give that, that, that symbol of this is it, this is me. I'm making this decision today to follow you, Jesus. So all over this room, if that's you, just go ahead and shoot your hand up on the count of three. One, two, three. Shoot your hand up if that's you. Amen. I see your hands. I see your hands. I see your hand up there in the back. 
Amen. You can go ahead and put your hands down. And then everybody in this room right now, whether you raised your hand or not, worship team, if you'll repeat after me as we pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, today is the day I make a shift in my heart and in my mind. I believe in you, Jesus. I accept you into my life. Help me walk through this shift. I don't want to do it alone. I need you, Jesus. It's in your name I pray. Amen and amen. Can we give it up for all the people that just started a relationship with Jesus today? We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.